You're listening to the SEO for Photographers podcast by Fuel Your Photos. In each episode, Dylan and Corey discuss topics that will help you get more clicks from Google. Ready to rank? Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 38 of the podcast. Today, we're going to have a little bit of a meta conversation here. We're going to talk about why people go to photography websites. And I was thinking about a topic and it really struck me that I have not spent that much time really digging into the different reasons that people might go to photography websites. And, you know, we spend so much time thinking about searchers and serving searchers and searcher intent. And it's sometimes easy to forget that there are lots of reasons that people go to photography websites that may not involve Google search. And even within the searchers, there are so many different triggers that cause people to go and search. And I strongly believe that working backwards and really understanding the triggers that cause people to go and search will drastically improve your ability to serve searcher intent. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, I think this is going to be a great conversation. Uh, I'm just sitting here thinking that the overwhelming percentage of people's traffic never inquires and like they're probably not actively booking a session yet they're on your site and it's it's kind of going to be fun to pull out the magnifying glass and do a little Sherlock Holmes and see like why why are they on the site why why would they be here what are they doing yeah and I would encourage you even if you want to try to do this before we continue um, pause for a minute and just think through who ends up on your website and what triggered them to get there? How did they get there in the first place? What were the steps that they took before they decided to get to your website? Um, it could be really interesting, but we'll give you some of our thoughts here. And let's actually start with that question of who it is that goes to photography websites. Because I think we instantly think of uh, people who want to hire photographers, right? Like the commercial intent where it's like, uh, I want to go book a photographer. I want to hire a photographer. And I think a lot of times that's the main thing that we're writing for, but who else might visit photography websites? Yeah. I think one of my favorites is like other photographers. Um, they might not be there for like tutorials or reviews, although that content is obviously photographer facing. But I remember when I was first a photographer i spent all day looking at every photographer's website i could think of and like finding new photographers and just browsing their work and trying to understand their style and how they were shooting and why uh so yeah i think a, a large percentage of photographers traffic can be other photographers that's really interesting and it, and it kind of makes me think should more photographers have a page or a section of their website that's specifically written to other photographers? If right. you know that they're going to be on your site, even if you're not selling something, you don't have a workshop, you don't have presets, you don't have anything like that. Is there, is there a reason for having a section of your site? That's just like, Hey, I know you're a photographer and uh, let's connect or here's yeah. something for you. Is that something that more people should do? I mean, I think fairly early in my career, I, I put up a page that was like a gear bag and I, I don't think I even had like affiliate links or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I was just really tired of getting the question, like what lenses do you use or something? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'll, I'll document this. <laughs> yeah. That could even potentially be a whole episode by itself. Uh, um, you know, a for photographers page or section mm -hmm. of your site. I yeah. have found in the past that, uh, an interesting case study where 
a photographer had a four photographers page or a workshops page that they then took it off and dropped in ranking significantly for the terms that they were tracking. Um, so it could even be something that lends itself to authority. Uh, Google seeing that you are a trusted professional uh, who is connected to your industry. Uh, but let's save that conversation for another time because that like really it. could be a whole episode. Yeah. So who else? So, uh, other vendors. I, I think at least in the wedding space where there's, you're working with a team of vendors on most weddings, um, they're always browsing sites. Likewise, they're always like asking like, Hey, what's your site? I'd love to check it out. And then taking a peek afterwards. Um, a lot of networking is going on, things like that in the portrait world. Not as much, although I guess there's like, uh, printing, framing props, accessory, all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think about, uh, kind of in a similar vein, if you are a wedding photographer, um, do you think that maybe let's say the couple is, has told their guests which photographer they're using, maybe because of an engagement session or an announcement or something like that. Do you think the wedding guests might go to the photographer's website? Yeah, totally. I, at least like the, like the wedding party, like the people that are really close. I, I, generally hear from them that they've been on my site or stalking me in some way or checking out my work. Interesting. And I've seen people related to the clients or close to the clients. Yeah, I think so. I think the random guest is like, who cares? (laughs) Yeah, I don't (laughs) probably, I just want to hang out and have fun and I don't care who their photographer is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Maybe it depends. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a big, uh, question mark on, other people who might visit the site that really depends a lot on the type of content that a photographer is publishing on their site, because sometimes they might just be posting galleries and, uh, you know, sessions and uh, portfolio. And that's really it on their site. But if you're a writer, if you're a blogger, if you're doing content marketing, there could be thousands of reasons that people end up uh, on your site. Uh, Give a couple of examples of things that, you've written that attract maybe people who are local in Portland or maybe vegans or like whatever yeah. it is that you've written about. Totally. I, th- I think that the number one piece of content on my site like that right now is my guide, my Portland guide to be, or sorry, my vegan guide to Portland, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where I just have like a list of the vegan restaurants, vegan coffee shops, vegan bars, everything like that. And it's ranking really, really well. I'm outranking like the major, food blogs, the major like world or nationwide vegan directories, etc. Um, so that's driving a lot of traffic and it's all local people mostly, or people that are visiting Portland, mm-hmm. uh, that share at least like something in common with me. So, um, I don't know when I'll book a wedding from that, but I bet it happens someday. Yeah. And if not, I, th- I do think it's worthwhile. It, it took me an hour or I don't know, a few hours to write. And I think it's a worthwhile payoff. Yeah. I mean, I think just having that in your mind that you can get people to your website, even whenever they are not actively searching for a photographer, that's such a valuable thing to really know deep down that you have the potential to do that. You can learn the skill of getting people to your website for pretty much anything that you can write about, especially if you can rank on Google. But I mean, even if you're not ranking on Google, if you write something that resonates with the type of people that you would like to hire you, you can still find ways to get that in front of them, whether that be right. Facebook ads or Pinterest or other types of social sharing or connecting with other people's audiences or, or whatever. There's a lot of ways to get that content in front of people. And the, the whole 
thing in your mind should be, how do I get people onto my website? Right. Uh, and then, you know, thinking through who is it that I want to be on my website? It's, it's kind of an aside, but to that point on my, I have an affiliate site that's based on car stuff and I've kept it. I, I've never really shared it socials. I've, I don't do anything except write and get traffic from Google, but it went like pretty dang viral in that car community when people found the content and were like, oh, this is actually really helpful and started just like sharing it on their own Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of blown away. Like I've, I posted once on Instagram for that site and like it's getting a ton of traffic from that platform now. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into some of the categories of things that would trigger people to visit a photography website. Um, and we'll start with life events and milestones. Nice. I like it. So I feel like this one is maybe one of the more obvious things that photographers would generally think about. And it applies to so many different types of photographers. And in fact, it's sort of one of the main business models that photographers choose is to photograph life events and milestones. And if you think about most of the things that, that, uh, especially wedding and portrait photographers, who's our main mm-hmm. audience, um, that's really what portraits are all about in most cases. You have weddings, you have engagements, you have uh, pregnancy and newborn babies, you have um, you know, senior photographers where, you know, where you're talking about graduation. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a really common reason for someone to go to a photographer's uh, website is because the life event is happening and yeah. it's now present in their mind and they think <laughs> either I want to make sure that I capture this. I want to make sure that I have something where I can put this on my wall. I want to commemorate this. Um, yeah. What, what else do you think of anything else there with life events and milestones? I mean, I think just from the photography perspective, it's just so much easier to sell people on that because there is that pressure of like, like you said, this event is happening Mm -hmm. and usually it has a set date and they need to book before that date and figure it out. Um, which kind of gives people pressure from like the search perspective. I think it makes them, it forces them to do that research and, and do the planning. Whereas other events, sometimes they push it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing that's not necessarily a life event, uh, would be seasonal triggers. So one that comes to my mind immediately is um, family Christmas cards mm-hmm. uh, as an example, but it's not the only one. What are some of the other seasonal things that you might think of? Yeah, I see a lot of people do like Easter cards, stuff like that. Um, gosh, I'm trying to. I feel like I... just having nice weather where you're like, yeah, exactly. Oh, like right now in South Carolina, <laughs> it is beautiful. Right now, it's 76 degrees and sunny at, at one o'clock in the afternoon. So perfect. It is beautiful, and it makes me, when I walk outside, I'm like, oh, I've been thinking about doing a family session, and now's the time. It would be the perfect weather to do that. So maybe even just the weather changing is Mm -hmm. a reason that someone might be triggered to think, okay, I do need to go, um, you know, look at that photographer's website. Um, A lot of people think about fall, and they think about family photos. Yeah. or spring, same thing. Or even, yeah. you know, summer, like it could be, I don't know if this is in one of our other categories here, but um, things like vacations, if you're at exactly. the beach, you might want to do a family session there or something like that. But 
I do think yeah. that seasons can cause people to want to go to a photographer's website. <laughs> Everything except being rained on. I, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, social. Uh, yeah. The next category is social influences. So this one's, um, there's a lot of different ways that this can happen. Yeah. Um, I think of social media as like the main thing, but also like just being in a social uh, situation where someone's talking about their photos or showing you photos or you're at someone else's wedding or you're at an mm -hmm. event where there's a photographer. Um, you know, maybe you're at an event and there's a photographer and you are in some of the photos and you'd like to go to that photographer's website to see whether they posted the photos that happened totally. to me actually last year I went to a friend's birthday party and it was at like a silent disco and there was a photographer walking around taking pictures and I went to their site several times to see if they had posted them and I never found them, but that did Dang. get me on that photographer's website multiple times. I, I remember doing that a long time ago as well. Multiple times Yeah, back in the day when uh, I think it was much harder to get photos of yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, also that, that kind of, social yeah. media. Um, totally. You know, I mean, like if you're seeing photos shared or posted online, mm -hmm. um, that's another reason that you might end up on a photographer's website for sure. Right. This had me spiraling, like thinking about pre MySpace world. For me, I think MySpace was like the point in which taking photos to share with the world became normalized, at least for myself. Mm -hmm. And thinking back to like, what did people take photos before? Like, <laughs> like if, did you do it an expensive engagement session to just like have a photo on your wall or in a book somewhere? That's wild. It is interesting. Cause I mean, yeah. you think about it, there's even the whole, um, you know, people do it for the gram, you know, it's right. like exactly it's whole Instagram worthy or, or whatever. It's like, people are thinking about posting on social media. What did people do before that? I mean, I guess you, like you said, you had a book and maybe it was, you had social events where people were at your house and you were showing them those photos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we're like, I'm sure there's some people who are listening who are like, Oh my gosh, these guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know we're like just too young to understand that world and too old to, I don't know. <laughs> well, in general, I think <laughs> yeah. that uh, social cues are a really important reason that you should be thinking about. Like other people are going to end up on a photographer's website because a friend mentioned that they worked with a photographer or they saw a friend's photos who worked with a photographer. And then that person says, Hey, I should probably do that as well. And you know, you were even talking about um, in the seasonal triggers, we're talking about family Christmas cards that's kind of a social influence as well, right? If, if a yeah. friend sends me a Christmas card, there's almost this like, I don't know if, if you've ever had this happen, but yeah. I know like some of my friends and family, there's almost like this like unspoken competition of who has the best Christmas card. Right. And you know, you're like, okay, they sent me one last year. Now I have to send them one, which means <laughs> I have to go get the photo taken and it has to be great and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, for me, I always get the Christmas cards. I'm like, crap, I didn't, we didn't do that again this yeah. year. Oops. <laughs> that, that's social influence right there. Right. Totally. Um, next year I'll get them. So next category is planning and research. Yeah. So wedding planning, obviously. Uh, I think when people start that process, they typically do end up on those like bigger directory sites, like the Nodder Wedding Wire potentially, and then like kind of disperse from there. Or maybe they start it socially on Pinterest or who knows, but they, they, typically end up on photography sites that are local to them or 
photographers that they're interested in that they might be flying out or, or whatever. So, yeah. And, and I think again, going back to, it depends on what you write, but right. you know, if you're following a lot of the things that we've been talking about for years and you're blogging and doing content marketing, a lot of the type of informational posts that you would make are for people who are doing research. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the, that's the sweet spot I think for search engine optimization. And when it comes to content marketing, um, where you are looking for those people who are trying to do research. It's one of the main reasons that people go to search, I think, uh, is to do research and to find information. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like, it, I mean, there's just so many things a photographer can write that are likely to draw people in. I mean, even even some of it doesn't have to be, we talked about things that are not related to wedding photography. Like you might have the, the vegans guide to Portland. Um, but I mean, I had an article that was about date nights for pregnant couples and right. you know, clearly you can do things about wedding venues and you can do what to wear for a family session. And although everyone's written that article at this point, but <laughs> the, the thing is you do need to realize that people are, planning and doing research and that is a reason that they might end up on a photographer's website i just thought of a really good content idea that i don't think i've ever had before interesting are you Uh, shared or not yeah why not (laughs) this like special nugget for people listening uh what to wear as a wedding guest okay that'd be such a good guide and i don't think i've seen that done really well on a photographer's site I think I've uh-huh. seen someone approach it from the perspective of like a, a specific type of wedding, like what to mm-hmm. wear to an Indian wedding I've seen before yep. and For what sure. to wear to like a beach wedding I might've seen yeah. before. Um, yeah. But there is, there are a lot of questions around what should I right. wear? What's appropriate to wear to certain types totally. of weddings or how to look cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do I just look good? <laughs> yeah. All right. What's the next thing we have? So promotional triggers, people looking for discounts or promotions. Yeah, I feel like promotions are a way that you can get people onto your website. So uh, a person who might not have gone to a photographer's website, but that photographer is running a promotion that then lands in front of that person. uh, That's how that person got to the website. So uh, I think of, I put ads in this Mm -hmm. category, I think, like Facebook ads and Pinterest ads and um, I wouldn't put Google ads here because that's when they're already going to Google to search, but those kinds of ads that can show up in a feed that someone is already scrolling, uh, and especially one that includes some sort of promotion is what we're talking about here, where there's maybe a, uh, a reason that someone says, okay, I've got to go to this photographer's site because they're running a special right now. They're doing a promotion right now. It doesn't have to be a discount necessarily. I know that one of the photographers that I've worked with in the past that did uh, newborn photos for um, one of our kids does fall minis every year and they just uh, posted on Facebook that they have a few spots open. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, maybe I should look at this because, you know, I know that they usually sell out and it's a promotion. It's a it's a once, you know, a, a special event that only happens every once in a while. Um, and that's a good reason to get someone to actually go to the site. Yeah, many many sessions are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Some people will hate that, but uh, some, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I know people who do many sessions and make so much money, and I know other people who hate many sessions and think they're the worst thing ever. But yeah. no matter what, um, promotions are just—it's just 
part of marketing. I mean, it's like right. you have to exactly. give someone a reason to yeah. when you're when you're putting an ad in front of someone, when you're putting something in front of someone who wasn't already planning to hire you. So like some of the triggers we've already talked about before, like life events and seasonal triggers and things like that. Those people might be actively searching for a photographer, but whenever someone's not actively searching for a photographer, I think a promotion is such a strong tool for right. uh, getting their attention. I just had just just did many sessions this past weekend and it was really interesting to hear how and why many of the people booked uh, I think the, the most interesting case to me was she had a couple where she's shooting their wedding next year and has already done their engagement session uh, during the engagement session they had one dog but since then they've adopted another dog mm. and because the mini session was like affordable enough they're like we can justify doing another portrait with our new dog because people have been asking why they're not included in these portraits. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's such a good use case. Like mini sessions are great for people that might just want like a slight update to their family portraits or something. (laughs) Like they're not going to spend thousands of dollars on a full session, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool. That's an interesting, um, life event right there. Getting a new pet. There you go. Might be a reason you end up on a photographer's website. (laughs) I, yeah. That's my future. <laughs> oh boy, what kind of pet are you getting? I don't know. I think we're we're good for now. But <laughs> when I when I do that, I think it's worth documenting. Okay. Um, okay. So the next category is uh, emotional triggers, and this one it can go a lot of different directions. Um, it could be that you are inspired or looking for inspiration, and you're wanting to go to a photographer's website. Um, for me. I think one of the emotional triggers that would get me to a photographer's website is thinking about uh, making sure that I'm documenting the legacy of my family well and just thinking, okay, I want to make sure that my kids have photos that they can remember this time. Um, I want to make sure that we're displaying photos that are, you know, remembering this time. And so I have this, like every once in a while as a father, I'm like, you know, I need to make sure that I'm hiring a photographer and then I'll end up on their, I'll go to their website. Um, But there are, you know, I I think that kind of ties into some of the other triggers that we've already mentioned. Like the emotional thing is the, maybe there was another trigger mixed with this one, but just know that um, sometimes the thing that drives them to go visit the site is that you've spoken to something that's an emotional connection for them. What's up next? Have, yeah. So you have inspiration by other art forms. Uh, I feel that for sure. Um, I, I, I was recently inspired by a few movies, I guess, I don't know. I, I didn't push me towards actually booking a session or, but I definitely looked at photographer's work that was of the same style of cinematography. So that, mm. that was enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer really got me. Yeah. Um, okay, so another reason could be, or another category here is recommendations and reviews. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is like word of mouth, you know? like Totally. People end up on a photographer's website because someone told them that they should go check out this photographer. Yeah, I think people don't give this enough credit. Like, I would love to have a really good study on what percentage of traffic comes from referrals for most people. Uh, 
it seems to be so big. Uh, I mean, outside of like the pure organic traffic, but even so much of organic traffic is typically branded and they're typically making that search because of a referral. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I feel like reviews are, they're helpful, but I don't know that I would usually consider them to be a reason that people end up on the, the site because I feel like mm. they're already searching before they find a review. Can you think of any situations where someone might see a photographer's review when they weren't searching for a photographer? Gosh, it's pretty rare. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so, coming up with anything, but if you could think of anything, uh, yeah. listeners, that <laughs> could be an interesting idea. Like, How do you get your reviews in front of people before they're searching for photographer reviews. I, w I mean, I feel like there's something there that could be interesting marketing tactic, but in general, um, a, a big reason is word of mouth. And then finally we have the category of collaborations. So this is generally whenever a photographer is working with another vendor or, um, maybe they're featured in a publication and the idea is that the visitor was already looking at another website or another vendor that then sent them over to the photography website because the photographer was part of, um, you know, making the visuals that the other person was sharing. Um, so I think that's a, a big reason is whenever someone sees a photographer's work and that photographer was working with someone else that the, you know, the visitor was already visiting, that's when they end up on the photography website. Yep, definitely. And then, you have here featured in publications, which is also very big, uh, featured in magazines, blogs, anything like that, YouTube channels. Yep. Uh, yeah, that traffic's huge. The, the volume that can come from those sources is just on a different scale than most photographers are used to if they're mostly getting traffic from local connections. Right. A lot of other people have audiences of uh, people who want to keep up with everything they're posting and working with those people can be a way to get people to your, get visitors to your website. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like we've, we've covered a lot of things here and the idea was really to get the ball rolling. And what I want our listeners to do is to really just keep brainstorming and think what are the reasons that people have ended up on your website? And you might know some of this, you might be able to look in Google analytics. You might have asked people, uh, you might just make some assumptions, um, you know, but it's a really good idea to really take multiple steps backwards, you know, and say, uh, even earlier, I was thinking about a pregnancy announcement example. And I was like, how did someone go from, um, I need a pregnancy announcement to a maternity photographer's website. And it's not quite as straightforward as you would think. Like if I go and search Google for pregnancy announcements, uh, a lot of the content that's there doesn't have anything to do with a maternity session. So not everyone who does that search would end up on a, on a, a photographer's website. Uh, some of the things that you might assume, oh yeah, people who have this thing happen, they're always going to look for a photographer, but that's not always the case. And there might be multiple things that have to happen before that person ends up on the photography website and just practicing this like working backwards and thinking what were all the steps that it took for someone to end up on my site? I think it can be really revealing. It might give you some interesting uh, marketing ideas. It might tell you what's working and what's not working. It might um, just, I think there's a lot of uh, gold nuggets to uncover them. I mean, even as we were talking, we came up with two or three things. We're like, Oh, I didn't think about this yet. Uh, and so I think this is a really good exercise. And this 
episode is supposed to be a precursor. It's sort of a part one, and we'll have another episode, hopefully next week, that will be about searchers specifically. So the people who do use Google search before they land on a photographer's website, uh, what's unique about those people? And how do we get into the minds of searchers specifically? And how do we tailor our site to really um, you know, have all of the information that is expected from someone who specifically goes to Google and does a search? I'm sure we'll have uh, multiple scenarios of how people search, uh, but that's kind of where we're going with this next. But whenever I was that. trying to compare what's the difference between a searcher and someone who's not a searcher, I wanted to think through what are the scenarios where people are not searchers and they end up on your site. And uh, I'd be interested to hear from you guys. So if you have other scenarios, things that we didn't mention here, really interesting cases. I, I, I love that one that you talked about with the people that you've already done the engagement session and they got a new dog. If you have stories like that or interesting reasons that people ended up on your website, share them in the comments because I feel like that would be a really fun comment section to read some of those stories. Heck yeah. I'm excited for the next episode. Can't wait. And we will see you all there. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by our very own SEO course. SEO can be difficult to learn and implement on your own and troublesome to hire out. To fix this, we've created a course that walks you through the steps to optimize your own site from start to finish. Visit fuelyourphotos.com to learn more.